0: Uh, the arrival of Jesus, right? That's what Advent, uh, that's what we remember, that Jesus has come to us, uh, the light of the world. And, and in this particular Advent uh, time, we're going to walk through this theme of light, right? So, Jesus, the light of the world, he's come to us. And uh, we'll be looking each week, or we have thus far, uh, at what Jesus as the light does, what he has done. Uh, so, last week we looked at Christ the light overcomes, right? Uh, Christ comes to us, the light is shown in the darkness, the darkness has not overcome it. So Christ as the light overcomes, that's John 1. This week we're going to look at the theme of Christ the light reveals. So I'm going to read, we're going to be in Colossians 1, we're also going to jump around a little bit, but if you want to open your Bibles to Colossians 1, I'm going to read verse 15 and then 19 and 20, and I'll pray, and then we'll get going. Okay, so let me read this Colossians 1, starting Verse 15 and then jumping to 19 and 20. It says this, He, Christ, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. Then in verse 19, For in Him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through Him to reconcile to Himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of His cross. Will you pray with me? Uh, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning, we thank you for your word, we thank you for Christ, um, that you sent him to us, that uh, he as the light of the world came to us, that we could know you more, in a more full and complete way, that we could see you, and that we could see what you've done for us uh, in salvation. We pray uh, this morning, Heavenly Father, that you would help us to see. that we wouldn't just know facts and figures about you, but that we would see you for who you are and what you've done for us. And so we commit this time to you. It's In your name we pray, amen. Uh, can you remember the last time that you really um, felt like you were sort of lost in the dark? Just think about it. Not, not lost per se, but like you were just like, oh gosh, I'm, I'm in the dark. Uh, this past, let's see, Wednesday, our power went out. Uh, I think it was just that windy uh, one particular evening. And um, we have, I think we just have old power lines. But our whole street went out. And I, don't, I never imagined that our entire street was like, well lit per se. Not a lot of people had their Christmas lights on. We have some street lights. But one again, um, I don't want us to blow past the fact uh, of this metaphor and just take it completely metaphorically, right? Light does reveal. It does show us things. But sometimes we see this and we're like, oh yeah, Christ is alive and he came and he did some things. And we just kind of lean into the metaphor and we miss the fact that Jesus actually does reveal true things to us. And we can take it uh, very tangibly, right, in this tactile sense. We can sense it and perceive it and understand it. So oftentimes we treat sermons and an understanding of God purely in a knowledge-based way, right? So what we know about God is sort of these facts and figures that we understand and we remember, but it's okay for us, and I would say it's even very important for us to sense Christ, right? to feel Him. Uh, you ever grew up singing the song? I, I thought of this the other day because I, I heard my kids singing it. you ever heard the song, God's Not Dead, He's Alive? Right? And then the, the refrain is like, I can feel Him in my hands, I can feel Him in my feet. Am I the only one that sang this growing <laughs> up? But there's a sense that that's like, it feels kind of weird, it sounds kind of weird, but it's good. We should perceive and sense God in our lives, Christ in our lives. And so as we're talking about this idea of light, don't just lean into the metaphor, right? Lean into the the tactile, the tangible. So we're going to look at Christ the light reveals in three ways. Christ the light reveals God. Christ the light reveals our sin. And Christ the light reveals our redemption. Okay, so he reveals God, he reveals our sin, he reveals redemption. And the first is Christ the light reveals God, Colossians 1.15. He is the image of the invisible God. Now, this is something I don't think we often think about, but up to this point, no one has seen God, right? Our understanding of God was through a mediator, right? So we had prophets, we had priests, we had biblical figures that we remember, like Abraham and Moses and Noah, that had interactions with God, but we knew God God by them, right? No one had seen God. John 1 18 says that literally says that no one has seen God. Right? We, under, we have this understanding by things that God has done or by things that God has said that other people tell us about. And that was the Old Testament. That was sort of the reality there. And then it's even more uh, complex because God is progressively revealing Himself. Another thing we don't often think about because we have the entire Bible. But in the Old Testament, you're getting pieces of God as he reveals himself over time, right? He didn't just, like, give Moses his Wikipedia page and say, here you go, this is who God is. He's understanding him as he interacts with him, as he understands him more and more and more. And up to this point, when we're actually remembering the advent, when Christ has come, not only is that the case, and there's this level of, I think, honestly, mysteriousness to who God is fully, there's also been this significant gap of silence, right? This 400 years. So anything that I thought I knew about God, I'm not so sure now because I haven't heard from him in a really long time. No prophets, no priests, no one really telling us other than the things that we had already. So we only knew him through a mediator. We only knew God by what he had done or by what somebody else told me about him. But then, and again, this is the miracle of the Advent, Then God came to us, right? In John 1, 9, it says the true light came into the world. That's Jesus, right? And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. So now this light is shining on who God is. This Christ has come. This embodiment of who God is has actually come to us. The 400 years of silence is gone, but now we actually have something totally different. Right now, we have something that's not just like, oh, I have a mediator for somebody who can tell me who God is or what he's like. Now, we have I can point at God and say, like, what is God like? Oh, it's him, it's Jesus. So, God reveals himself further, more fully, and more completely to us in Christ Christ being the light shining on who God is for us. And this is sort of the progressive revelation of God uh, becoming very much complete, right? As complete as it can until we're actually with God uh, in, uh, in heaven. Um, but if you think about it, the grace of God in doing that is pretty profound, right? There was a mysterious to, uh, mysteriousness to who God was. We hadn't seen him. No one could really see God. And then God said, I'm going to send my son in human form so that they can see him. So that they can know him in a way that they could not before. Um, the grace is in this: is you can't really know anyone without them revealing themselves to you. You can observe and you can see. And that's true of any relationship, right? You have a friend, a spouse, a family member. You only know them to the level that they reveal themselves to you. So God had been doing that progressively, and then He just doubled down on it and said, "Here's Christ. You can see Him, right?" And we could. We could see Christ. We could see his ministry. We followed his life. We have it in his words here documented for us. We saw his character. We saw his ministry. We saw his desire and compassion for healing and bringing freedom, right? and squaring off against evil and sin. His teaching on the kingdom of God and how that was going to come, and and how we're to be saved and salvation, how we're to be made new. We have all of those things, right? We can see them. And Jesus even says it himself, right? He says it in uh, John 14. He says, if you've seen the Father, or if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Right? They're having this diatribe where Jesus says, like, my Father has a house, many rooms. I'm going to go prepare a place for you. Right, remember that? And then they're all confused about that. And Philip asks, well, just show us the Father and, like, we'll be okay. And he's almost miffed. Jesus says like well no like if you've seen me you've seen him. So now we have a tangible understanding in a way we never had before of who God is. When he starts talking about his kingdom and his character, we we have it. We see it, we can read about it. We have his words. We have his teachings. A much more complete and full way. That's how Christ has revealed God to us so why is this good news? Uh, I mean, first, we're made to know God, right? We are made to know God. uh, and, And there's an issue with that because the Bible says that no one seeks after God, right? Our sin causes us to actually run from God instead of seeking after him. So if we're made to know him, Christ, in his just kindness, and his tender care comes to us. God, in his kindness, sends Christ so that we can actually see God, and we can see him more fully and more completely. He he does it in a way where uh, God sends us Jesus, who essentially mediates for himself. Before we had prophets and priests, now Jesus is here to say uh, he's mediating for God, but he is God. And we can see him, we can feel him, we can hear him. It's amazing. So Christ the light reveals God. That's number one. Number two, Christ the light reveals our sin. How does he do this? Like Christ the light reveals our sin by exposing it. I'm going to move here to John 3. I want to read this. This is coming off of John 3.16, For God so loved the world, right? But this is John 3.20. It says this, For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. Right? That's what the light does. It exposes sin. One of the things that I like to do as a hobby is cut hair. Sort of a weird thing, but I actually cut a number of folks here. Uh, I cut their hair. Um, (laughs) LAUGHTER it started with cutting my kids' hair because I just didn't want to pay for it. Um, but one of the things that's funny about cutting hair is I do it in all these weird places that are not like a barber shop, right? It's like in a basement or in a, you know, a living room. Or, uh, and, and so I'll do the haircut like for my kids and then they'll go outside and play and the, light, the natural light will shine on them and I'll just I'll kind of be like, oh, I kind of missed that. It wasn't quite how I saw it in the other room. It wasn't like a mistake, but like I'm a little bit of a perfectionist, but you, you see tiny little flaws and things here and there when the light shines on it, right? right? We understand what this, this, how this works. But it's the same case with, with Christ, right? He comes as a light, and he reveals our sin to us. Now, it, it's sort of done in a new way, too, because our sin problem was, that was well established, I would say, right? Since the beginning. God gave Adam and Eve one job, Right? is to remain holy. Don't eat of the tree, remain holy, uh, exile evil, the serpent, from the garden, and they couldn't do it, right? So sin started there. Same is the case for Israel. He said, follow these laws. There's 10 of them. Like Don't mess it up. And what we see in the sacrificial system is that sacrifices never stop because sin never stops, right? So sin was a well-established problem, But when Jesus comes as the light to reveal our sin, he almost almost doubles down on it, right? So that's sort of well-established, but then Jesus comes and he exposes how deep it goes. It's not just something we do. It's in in our hearts. It's the state of our soul. And he does this in, in ways that we see all the time, right? Every time he is squaring off with the Pharisees, they're often coming to Jesus saying, well, I, I, I do the law, right? I keep the law. I fulfill that. I'm, I'm good. Or I, uh, the Sermon on the Mount. And he starts talking about all these uh, areas of, of law, saying, well, yeah, I, I haven't murdered anybody. And Jesus says, true. But if, uh, if you have hatred in your heart or anger in your heart, you've sinned. I haven't committed adultery, maybe. But if you look lustfully on someone, you, you're in sin. Right? He's showing us and exposing it for, for what it is. It's this idea that we sin because we're sinners, not we're sinners because we sin. You see the difference? It's not just something we do. It's who we are. It's the state of our hearts. And Jesus is shining a light on that as he comes to us. And we see it. How does he do this? We see it everywhere. Like we said, we see it in his words, or his teaching and his truth. The word of God is living and active. It has a way of reading you and reading the state of your heart, and reading your life. And that can be uncomfortable sometimes. We also see how Jesus reveals our sin through his presence and his spirit. Right? Think about all the times Jesus interacts with people, starting with like Peter. And when he calls Peter to himself, what does Peter do as a disciple? What does Peter do? He says, leave, like get away. And what does he Why? He says, leave because I'm a sinful man. Just Jesus' presence exposes our sin. There's a conviction that he brings. And Jesus shines in the darkness. That's a metaphor, yes, but it's also literal. Uh, Paul, read every letter he's written, he talks often about how the state of our lives apart from Christ was in darkness. Our minds, our eyes were in darkness. Our lives were in darkness. We were children of darkness following darkness. But then Jesus' light, his presence, comes and removes us from that darkness or exposes the darkness for what it is. And I would say this, too, that Jesus reveals our sin personally and specifically. When he comes as the light to reveal our sin, it is in a general way that was sort of known, a corporate sort of way, but it's also specific. Think of the woman at the well. Right? She didn't go running to Jesus and say, I think I have this sin problem. He goes to her. He knows her. He calls out her sins specifically. There's an intimate relationship there. Right? That's how Jesus reveals our sin to us. So, so why is this good news? It doesn't feel like good news, right? <laughs> that Jesus reveals our sin to us in a deeper and more full way. Why is that good news? I'll say this, this is the one that's probably most uh, overwhelming to me, is if we're talking about light and revelation, here's the truth, friends. We would never see our sin for what it is apart from Jesus. We never would. It would just be, we try to justify it every which way. We try to fix it, we try to avoid it, we try to figure it out, but... Jesus, in his kindness and mercy, reveals our sin to us. He shows us the depth of the state of our heart, not just our actions, the state of our soul apart from God. What sin is doing to us, the path that it's carving out for us to death, that is mercy, friends. We would never see it apart from Christ. We would never see it for what it is. And without the light of Christ, we would remain enslaved to sin, blind in that darkness we talked about, right? This is Colossians. i got to go back. Colossians uh, 1.13. We're going ahead. It says, he's delivered us from the domain of darkness. That's where we were apart from Christ, right? That's where we were apart from Christ. Jesus reveals our sin so we can see it for what it is and also reveals our need for a Savior. So Christ the light reveals our sin. Then lastly, Christ the light reveals our redemption. This is Colossians 1, 19-20. Let me read this. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. So Christ is revealed as God's plan of redemption. Right? Through Jesus, humanity could be actually reconciled to God. This is something we could never do for ourselves. Whether we knew that or not, I'm not sure, but, but this, is, this is fact. Jesus is God incarnate, and we could actually witness that and see it. Right? We saw his life, his death, his resurrection as the one and only way to salvation. And we see his life through thinking about what we witness and understand in the gospel. Uh, We see Christ's perfect life without sin, right? His blamelessness as compared to our sinful life, full of sin, full of wickedness and evil intent. We see his death, his undeserved death, bearing the curse and the shame for our sin in our place. And we see his resurrection, right? We see his victorious resurrection, overcoming sin and death, once for all, making a way for us to be reconciled to God. And if you think about it, just stepping back for a second, you can see the plan of redemption that God has set forth. You can kind of see those um, starting to take shape with these three revelations that Christ makes. right? That Jesus reveals God, and he is God. Right? He embodies God's holiness. So when we're kind of in con- we come into contact with that holiness, we understand that we're different. God is holy, we're not but we actually have a deeper understanding of who God is, what his kingdom is like, what his character is like. And then as we come into that uh, presence of God, that holiness, we have a, an understanding that we are sinful, and we feel that, and we perceive that in a way we never would have had we not been in God's presence and seen him. Now Jesus reveals our sin, right? His presence, his truth comes to bear in our lives. And we see what we never saw before, that sin is killing us. It's deeper and darker than we thought. It's not just things we do; it's who we are apart from Christ. But we also see our need for Him, our need for a Savior, and we see Jesus as our redemption. Right? He gives Himself as our sacrifice for our sins. Right? He pays the penalty. I always, always, it always made me mad as a kid where it says he we, we, we paid the penalty we could never pay. And in some sense that's true because Jesus is covering the sins of those who trust him in faith. So yes, that's true. But we, we, you can pay it. You just die, right? So we can pay for our sins, but we pay for them in eternal separation from God. But he paid for it in a way where we actually could be reconciled to him. So we're redeemed as we turn from sin and trust Christ in faith. That's what you see in Colossians 1, 12 through 14. Right, I only read part of that, but it says, Giving thanks to the Father, who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He's delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So Christ the light reveals our redemption. Why is this good news? This is the good news. I hope that is good news. But well, we have peace. Well, we talked about that this morning. We have peace because Jesus has saved us from our sins. Right? We're no longer enemies of God. But now we're actually transferred into the kingdom of light. We're his children. We're his sons and his daughters. And he's made us new. So we're at peace with him. There's no longer this inner struggle within us where we're trying to fight and fix and, and run away and hide. and right? We're made new. Our heart's new. Now we can obey God in a way we never could have before because of Christ in us. And now our life trajectory is living in the light. Right? We're not in the domain of darkness anymore. There's no fear because we're in the light. There's, there's peace because we're in the light not in the darkness. And not only that, we actually get to live as children of light. So we have peace. Alright, so let's put a bow on this. Huh, Christmas joke. I, did, I didn't mean it, I promise. Uh, Christ the light reveals. Christ reveals God to us through Jesus. Right. This, this picture of who God is. Christ reveals our sin to us. Christ reveals redemption to us. So my question that I've sort of been wrestling with this week and probably prior to that. Do you see him right when you think of Jesus revealing these things, do you actually see that? Do you see him revealing God to you? Do you see him revealing your sin to you? Do you see him revealing your redemption to you? Is this something you know about? Do you see it because you've experienced it, because you've received it? Do you see the tender care of Christ in revealing God to you? He came to us so we could know him. We could see him with our own eyes. We could feel his presence. We could hear him. We have his word. That's what John kind of alluded to, we have all of the Bible, (laughs) right? Everything that Christ said and told us to remember and do, What's true? We have it. I think the practical outflow of this is, do we look for God outside of Jesus? That's called idolatry. We look for God outside of, of himself. Only Christ can reveal God to us. That's why we have this, but we try and look for it in other places in other ways. Do you see the mercy of Christ in revealing our sin to us? Right? Such a merciful thing. It's overwhelming that Jesus would come in and personally and specifically reveal your sin to you so that you could be saved. Something you would not see in and of yourself. Right? The depth of your sin, the cost of your sin, the path that sin was leading you down, and your need for a savior. Right? Jesus did that for us. So, practically, are you letting. The light of Christ shine on your sin. Are you letting him reveal it to you? This is something that happens, you know, if you want to talk about salvation. Jesus shows us the depths of our sin once and then all the time, right? He shows us our need for Christ and opens our eyes to the, the magnitude of our sins so that we can be saved. That's, that's a one-time situation for the most part. And then over the course of our life, he's continually doing this. where right? He continually shows us our sin progressively, saying this and that and that, continually ripping our hands and our fingers off of things that are, that are sinful and evil and move us farther away from God and goodness and the light. So are you surrendering to that? Are you still fighting? Are you still being stubborn with your sin? Are you still trying to fix it? Do you see the grace of Christ in revealing our redemption to us? Right, this undeserved blessing that we have in Jesus. That's the, that's the definition of grace. It's, a, it's like a covenant word, where when you break the covenant, you get curse, right? But grace is the fact that we broke the covenant and we get blessing instead, right? That's what we have in the redemption of Christ. That we receive this undeserved blessing that we should not have. We should have curse, but he took the curse for us so that we could be blessed. He's given us a new heart, and a new life. And we talked about he's given us peace with God. So are you living, walking in the light? Are you living in the life, the redeemed life that God's given you in Christ? Are Are you confessing and repenting and turning from sin and turning to Christ? This lifelong process of sanctification being made more and more into the image of Christ. Are we fighting that? Right? Are we fighting that? This has been my prayer for, for me in this season and, and prior to it, for sure. But this Advent, my prayer for me and for us is that we see Jesus. We, just know, we just know about him. We see him. Our Lord and our Savior who came to us to give us freedom, salvation, and peace, so that we can walk in his light that he's revealed to us as children of light. That's my prayer for me. That's my prayer for us. Let's pray. Now, Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word that is light to us, that you, in your grace, sent your Son. Uh, to reveal yourself more fully, more completely to us, that we could see you and know you. That, God, you condescended, you left your heavenly throne, all that was rightly yours to take on flesh and, and be like us, so that we could tangibly understand you in a way we had not before you are so kind to us, you are so merciful to us in coming to us and showing us the state of our hearts, how deep and dark sin is and how wonderful you are as our Savior to conquer sin and death, to give us your perfect life so that we can be transferred from the dominion of darkness into the kingdom of light, where we can walk in the light, where we can live as children of light. We pray that we would do that. Not so often I fight that. God, I know we do. This is the reality of our hearts is we don't want uh, those things we want to earn. We want to fix. We want to run and hide. We pray that we would see you as the light and what you've revealed about God, our sin and redemption, and that we would walk in the light.